All right, I will say good morning. Let us begin. I want to thank our sponsors, our Talmud Torah sponsors, our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of ER. Yonah Shishi Ehrenfeld, in memory of Yonah's grandfather, Yosef Ben Shmuel Aaron. Mark Karstadt, in memory of his mother, Chana Bas Shragai, a week of learning sponsor, the Kiwi family, in honor of all of the men who helped to make the Shiva Minyanim in memory of Mr. Kiwi, Zichrono Levracha. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, all of the Neshama Salah and Aliyah, the family Zayn Nechama, and Abosi, with that, let us begin. So we have a beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Tes Vav 15. And we are picking up, um, I believe we left off on the bottom of Yudalamud Beis, 14b, correct? Yeah, that is correct. My time with Abishal. So we'll see. Yeah, we left off three lines up from the bottom. So we'll see if you remember again. So we had a very interesting machlokas yesterday, really a, quite a fascinating machlokas about the order of the avoda in the base Hamikdash. So specifically, again, we were focused on we were focused on the order of the Kitores and the menorah. Now remember again, this whole thing began because we had a we have we have contradictory Mishnayas. We have contradictory Mishnayas. We thought we we at first thought we just had a contradiction between Yuma and Tumid. But it turns out that we even have a contradiction within Yuma itself about the proper order. So what, what we left off yesterday was with a machlokis Abishol and the Rabbanan. The machlokis went like this. According to the Rabbanan, according to the Rabbanan, but remember again, I also wanted to point out, I don't think I clarified this yesterday. There are two different parts to the avoda of the menorah, right? In the, there's what's called hatava and hadlaka. Hatava is the preparation of the menorah, which was done in the morning, right? And remember again, that was the cleaning out of the, of the residue ash from everything that I burnt in the menorah the night before. So in the morning you did the hatava, you cleaned it out and prepared the menorah to be kindled that day. But of course, the menorah itself was not kindled until later on in the afternoon, right? As we're going to see, the menorah is actually the last avoda. It's the last thing done in the Beis HaMikdash. So the morning you have the hatava preparation, and in the evening you have the hadlaka. What we're discussing over here, say, is the morning service of the menorah called the hatava, the preparation. So here's the machlokas. Really fascinating. The Rabbanon hold that the way the Hatava is conducted is the Hatava split into two chalakim, two parts. First, you arrange five, and again, I'm using the word candles, but of course, you know, I don't mean literally candles. But first, you arrange five neros, first, you arrange five neros, then according to the Rabbanon, what do you do in the middle? Kitores, and then two more, and then two more candles. You arrange the, the remaining two. But we'll say that's why, according to the Rabbanon, According to Rabbanon, there's no real contradiction. Sometimes the Mishnah will say that menorah comes before Kitores, and sometimes it'll say that Kitores comes before menorah. Because which one is right? Which one is right? They're both correct. Because right? there is part of the menorah that comes before Kitores, and there's part of Kitores that comes before part of menorah. So according to the Rabbanon, you have that five-two split. First arrange five, then do the Kitores, then do the two. Now, both and I remember, just keep in mind, we also saw in the sheet of the Rabbanan, that's going to come up again today, is not, even if you subscribe to the 5-2 model, not everyone agrees that what? That Kitores is the avoda that's done to split up the 5 and the 2. Some hold that, for example, is going to be the Tamid that's done there. As we've referenced that yesterday, we'll see that again today. That's the sheet of the Rabbanan. Rabbi Huda, sorry, Abishol. Abishol holds that, no, that's not how it works. 
Abishol holds that Alocha Lamaisa, the entire menorah is arranged before the Ketores is offered. So we'll say that is the fundamental machlokis that we are dealing with right now. So it says the Gemara, my time at Abishol, what's Abishol's logic? Why does he say that the entire menorah is arranged before the Avod of Ketores? So Abishol says, look, I'm just reading the Psukim. And what do the Psukim say? The Psukim say, Every morning you have to arrange the Neros. And then it says, Then it says you offer up the Ketores. So the Psukim themselves are quite explicit. First you go ahead and take care of the Menorah. And then only afterwards do you go ahead and offer up the Ketores. So we'll say, how did the Rabbanon interpret that Pasuk? Very simple, top of Tesvav. The Rabbanon say, what it means is, the Torah is giving you a time frame. And the Torah is telling you, at the time that the menorah is arranged, that is when the Ketores should be offered. So we'll say, here what's happening over here. According to the Rabbanon, therefore, the Torah is not necessarily giving you a sequence Rather, the Torah is giving you a chronological framework. And the chronological... So it's fascinating. They're both reading the same psukim. And yet the Rabbanon understand over here almost like a, a linear sequence. First, you have to go ahead and... First, you have to go ahead and take care of the menorah, Abishol says, and then you do the ketoras. The Rabbanon is saying, no, no, no. It's just telling you that the morning ketoras is offered at the time in which you arrange the menorah. But again, according to the Rabban, you're going to have the five-two split. Dilo because if you don't read it like this, if you don't understand that the Pasuk is just giving you a general time frame, Bein Ha'arbayim. Now, say, let's, let's jump to the afternoon. Because also, remember again, you have Menorah and Ketoris in the morning, and you have Menorah and Ketoris in the afternoon. Now, Ketoris is the same morning and afternoon, right? Both times you burn Ketoris. Menorah is different, right? We're morning, the Menorah is being cleaned and arranged for that day's Hadlaka. Afternoon, what's happening? What's happening? It's being kindled. Okay, so now watch this. Now we're switching to the afternoon. The Pasik says, and when Aaron will go ahead and literally kindle the candles, Yaktirena. Then I both say Yaktirena refers to Ketoras. Now the Torah over here is discussing Hadlok and Ketoros. I will say, so watch what the Rabbana, this is, incre- this is incredible. Look what the Rabbana said Abishol. See, Abishol, every single time you read these Pesukim, I will say, remember, the Machlokis over here is almost like in, in, in how you analyze the Pasuk. So Abishol understands that when the Torah speaks about multiple events, the Torah is giving you a, what we'll call a linear chronology, right? This, 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 this. Sabashal so, so again, going back, Abashal says, when the Pasik says, Baboker, Baboker, Yaktirena, so the Pasik's telling you first you like the menorah, then you offer the Ketoras. The Rabbanan say Tabashal, I'm gonna tell you why you can't read the Psukim that way. Let's take a look at the afternoon. What does the Torah say? Ubalos Aaron Asaneros Yaktirena. When Aaron kindles the menorah, you will offer the Ketoras. So I will say, if you were to read that Pasuk like the Rabbanon would analyze it, what's the order of service in the afternoon? Menorah, and then Ketoras. It can't be. So the, so, so, so the Rabbanon say to Abishol, Abishol, are you going to tell me that first you like the Menorah and then you offer the Ketoras in the afternoon? Maybe you'll say, yeah, yeah, that's how it works. That's false. But Tanya, we learned... Me'erev ad boker, 
Tain la midasa shete dolekes valekes kalalayla me erev vaad boker. Shabbos say, interestingly enough, the Torah, when it speaks about the menorah, says that you should go ahead and kindle the menorah me erev ad boker from the evening until the morning. So we dash in two things from that. Number one, that you have to place enough oil in the menorah to allow it to remain lit from the morning through the evening. That's number one. And there's also something else, Dabra Acher, Me Erev Ad Boker, Ein Lecha Avoda Shekshera Me Erev Ad Boker, Ela Zu Bilvad. Furthermore, Bosei also teaches us there's only one Avoda that is kosher from the evening until the morning, and this is it. Which Bosei tells you that the menorah is the last Avoda that is done during the day. The way you close out the day of sacrificial service is with the, or Beis HaMikdash service, I'll call it, is with the kindling of the menorah. Shabbos says, You're right. When you read this Pasuk that we just quoted before, You might be tempted to read it as saying, First Aaron will light the menorah, then I'll offer the Ketoras. But it can't be read that way. Because that sounds like the Ketoras is the last thing you do. And in fact, that is not correct. The last thing we do in the Beis HaMikdash every single day is the kindling of the menorah. Oh, so that I want to say like this. So once, therefore, you understand that when the Pasuk writes like this, the Pasuk is not necessarily giving you a linear chronology, but instead is telling you that certain things have to happen during certain time frames. So, we'll say, so for example, how do you read the Pasuk? How do you read that Pasuk? The way you read it is, that the Ketoris should be offered during the time that Aaron is kindling the menorah in the afternoon. It doesn't mean that the Ketoris is kindled after or, or offered after Aaron kindles the menorah, but rather it means the time frame. Oh, time frame. Then I could go back to the morning as well. This is the Rabbanon's understanding. Now I understand also that even in the morning, even the Torah discusses the kindling of the menorah, or I should say the hatava, the arrangement of the menorah, before the offering of the ketores in the morning, Lav Dafka is coming to say that the entire arrangement of the menorah precedes the ketores. But rather what it's saying is that the ketores has to happen at the time that the menorah is being arranged. Interestingly enough, you see this incredible linkage between the Ketoras and the Menorah, right? Both in the morning as well as in the evening. Ella, my Rachman, Sefer Abadan will say, so what is the, what is the Torah saying? Be'edon hadlaka, te maktir Ketoras. Rather, I will say, in the afternoon, I will say, this is more explicit in the afternoon, because as we're going to see, everyone agrees that the last avoda of the day was the kindling of the menorah. Everyone agrees with that. So once everyone agrees with that, I understand that the Pasek is coming to clearly tell me what? The Idan Hadlaka Te Maktir Kitoras. At the time when the Hadlaka is being performed, that's the time that the Kitoras should, should be offered. So I will say there's a time frame. There's a time frame for the kindling of the menorah. So at the time frame for the kindling of the menorah, that is when the Kitoras should be offered. Hachanami, we could therefore apply the same understanding to the morning as well. And to say, So the same understanding will be applied to the morning, that at the time that you go ahead and arrange the menorah, that is when the Ketores should be offered. And says the Gemara, V'abashol, Amr lecha, shiny hasam, t'chsev also, Abishol will say, no, 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 here's the difference, I'll say. The difference, Abishol says, is that in the afternoon, it says the word oso, right? Which again is much more specific. If you take a look, 
If you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says Dechsev Oso Kedeprishes Valkarchach Boidon Hadlaka Te Miktura Kitores Kamar Aval Shacharis Beseder Mashmaoshel Mikra Seder Avoda Beitiva Vahadriaktiena. So we'll say interestingly enough. So Abishol says. Abishol says that when it comes to the afternoon hadlaka, the Torah uses the lashon of oso. So oso comes to be more specific to teach you that inachinami victorious is just offered up during the general time frame of the hadlaka, but in the morning, in the morning, is coming to give you a direct order, or I should say, a linear chronology. So the Gemara says, Rapapa Amar So we'll say so again. So this is our machlokis Abishol the Rabbanon. Now we're jumping back for just a moment. So Rapapa is coming back. And discussing the idea, we had a we remember also we had a machlokas in the Mishnayis in Yuma. What's coming first, Kitores, right? I should say, does, does Kitores come before Menorah? Does Menorah come before Kitores? So Rapapa says it's not a contradiction. Lokasha. If we take a look at Rashi again, Rapapa Melokasha Seder Yuma as Seder Yuma. So Rapapa says, Lokasha, Harabanan, Habashal. So we'll say now the beauty is, now that we know this Mach Lokas, Abashal and Rabbanan, the truth is none of these Mishnayas really bother us that much, right? Or I should say the contradiction doesn't bother us, because it's a machlokas, right? It's just the machlokas. Abashal holds that I will say, and now again. Abishol holds that halacha lamaisa again, menorah comes before kitoras. To be clear, what are we talking about? In the morning. This is all, this is all focused on the morning. So Abishol says, first we'll clean and arrange the menorah in the morning, and then afterwards we'll go ahead and we'll do kitoras. The Rabbanon have this 5-2 split. First we'll clean and arrange five neros, then do the kitoras, then do the remaining two. So Rapapa therefore says, there's no steer, there's no machlokas in the Mishnayis in Yuma. They simply reflect different opinions. But Mayo Kimto Lamasnis in Dahacha. So we'll say, let's analyze our Mishnah. Because we'll remember again, how, how did this whole discussion start? This whole discussion started because our Mishnah on Yudalad Ahmed Alif spoke about the idea that during the entire seven days of sequestering of the coin Gadol, he would do all of the Avodos in the Beis HaMikdash. And when going through the list of avodos, our Mishnah read, Matiras HaKitores, Umetiv Es Haneros, right? Our Mishnah said, he offers the Kitores, and he arranges the menorah. So, okay, so now the Gemara got very, got very thrown by that order. So now, again, who, whose opinion is reflected in our Mishnah? Kirabanan. Ultimately, again, our Mishnah reflects the view of the Rabbanon. Why did I both say? Because remember, how do you understand that phrase, that we do the Ketores before the menorah. How do you understand it? How do you understand it? We'll say what it means is you do five neros, then the Ketores, and then the two remaining neros. That's what it means when it says that the Ketores comes before the neros. So our Mishnah will reflect the view of the Rabbanon. Okay, there was, and I watch this. Pious, here's the problem. The next Mishnah, or one of the, well, not the next Mishnah, but the Mishnah on Chavhei is going to discuss the various um, lotteries that were drawn for the Avodos. So we're going to see in the next Mishnah, if you take a look at Rashi, Pais, Kabashol. The Rashi says, The Masnisin de Payoso Sashniri Parakshini, the Tani Ketores Libasov Kabashol. But say, interestingly enough, in the Mishnah on Chavhei, when it speaks about the drawing of the lots for the different Avodos, when it talks about, so there, there was an order. So that Mishnah indicates that first they would draw the lot for the menorah and then the ketoras. So that one places menorah before ketoras, like Abishol. So you see what's happening over here? So you're going to tell me that this Mishnah on your Dalit Amadalif is like the Rabbanon, 
the five-two split. But yet the Mishnah on Chavhei reflects the view of Abba Shaul that first you arrange all seven eros and then only afterwards do the Keteras. So the Gemara says, First, and now again, one more, Ima Seifa, and I will say again, then there's going to be a subsequent Mishnah. This is a Mishnah on Lamed Aleph Amad Beis, right? We've got Yudalad Amad Aleph, we've got Chaf Hey Amad Aleph, and Lamed Aleph Amad Beis. Now, which is going to follow this for just a moment. Yudalad Amad Aleph is going to be like the Rabbanon, Chaf Hey Amad Aleph is going to be like Abashol. And what about the Mishnah Lamed Aleph? So, watch this. Heviu Loes Hatamid. So, we'll say now this goes through the order of the Yom Kippur service. This is incredible. Heviu Loes Hatamid. On Yom Kippur, they would bring the carbon talent to the coin goggle. Kartso, and I will say kartso means, if you look at Rashi, kartso, chatcho chatach bohech sheshchita barav shnaim, velo kulon. Lefisha tzarechu atzmo lemaher velito mizrak lekabal adam, shekalavodos yom kippurim ene kshira elabal. So I will say this is really fascinating. We're going to see that what would happen is, they would bring the talent to the coin goggle to shecht it. Mark, so, so shakta means he would shakta. But remember from our chulin days, what do you need in order to affect a kasher shrita? You need rov shnaim. You have to cut the majority of the two simonim, the kana and the beshet, the windpipe and the esophagus. Now normally, they would cut more, much more than just rov shnaim. They would cut everything. But on Yom Kippur, everything had to be done by the Kohen Gadol. So, which means that not only does the Shechit have to be done by the Kohen Gadol, but what? The Kabbalah, the receiving of the blood. So the Kohen would essentially do the bare minimum of a Kasher Shechita, then catch the blood, and then someone else would finish up the rest of the Shechita. So the Gemara says, Kartso. So Kartso means he would go ahead and do the Shechita. Again, the basic, that, that, the Shechita to make it kasher. Umarak achar Shechita, then someone else would finish up the Shechita. But say, I want to be clear. When it says someone else would finish up the Shechita, just to be explicitly clear, what the Kohen Gadol did was a, was a self-contained effective Shechita. Right? It was, because remember again, one of the psulim of Shechita will say something called Shehiya. Shia means if you delay, if you delay, in other words, we'll say, if you go ahead and you start the shechita, and you say, oh, time for lunch, you know, you're, uh, you know, I'm a union, you know, time for lunch, you know, we have to, and then you say, I'll get back to this later, the shechita's possible, right? Why? Well, it's just interestingly enough, because what's the concern? The concern is that the animal then is going to move and end up ripping the simonim on its own, which would then invalidate the shechita. So when we say this, so the coin goddo does a fully valid shechita, it's fully valid, just someone else comes and finishes up the cutting. So watch this. He then goes in to do the Ketores and to arrange the menorah. So we'll say, what's the order over here? What's the order over here? The order over here is Ketores before menorah. So the Gemara says, Now understand something. Whenever we see of something like this that says, Kitores before the menorah. So we always understand this to mean 5-2 split with Kitores in the middle. So this goes like who? Asan Rabbanon. This goes going to Rabbanon. So we'll see, see what's happening over here? You see what's happening? You, so the Armishnah, Yudalodom Adalif, is going to be like the Rabbanon. Right? Then Chafhei is going to be like Abba Shal. And then Lamed Aleph is again like the Rabbanon. 
What's going on over here? Reisha v'seifer. So this is what the Gemara calls Reisha v'seifer. So the Mishnah and Yudal, the Mishnah and Lamed Alpha, both can be like the Rabbanon. V'seifer. I'm sorry, Reisha v'seifer Rabbanon. Umitziasa, the Mishnah and Chafei is going to be like Abashal. We'll say now in general, we don't like to arrange Mishnahis like that. Especially when you're talking about, this is all the same topic. Right, it's all the same topic of the order of the avoda. So you're going to put two mishnayos like Abishol, like 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 the rabbanon, one like Abishol, a mechara papa in reisha v'seif rabbanon u'mitzias Abishol. So Rabbi Papa says, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the way it is. That's the way it is. So, let's say, so again, not an ideal setup for mishnayos as we normally would prefer mishnayos to reflect one kind of coherent opinion. But nevertheless, that is the way the Gemara is going to be set up, or the Mishnah is going to be set up. Incredible. So, Bishlama, by Lo Amakirat Papa. So, I understand why Abayi does not say that Grat Papa. Reisha, Vesefer, Abana, Mitzvah, Sabasha, Lo Mokim Lo. Because Abayi doesn't like this idea of setting up out of three Mishnahis, two like the Rabbana and one like Abashal. So why doesn't Grat Papa set up or try to reconcile the contradiction of Mishnahis like Abayi did? Amr Tana Bereisha Tavash Teineros, Vahadra Tavas Chavesh Neiros. Does the Tana Rabbah say, you see, again, we're reading into every single time a Mishnah says, first you do the Kitoras, and then we do the Hatavas Haneros. We're reading into that. What that really means is, first you arrange five, then you do the Kitoras, then you do the remaining two. And it's called performing the Kitoras before the Menorah, because you're performing the Kitoras before the remaining two. But is that ever actually explicitly stated? And of course the answer is no. Therefore again, Rav Papa's not going to hold like Abayi. So Abayi Amalecha, Aruye Ba'amu de Kamori, Visidra Hadr Tanile. The, the Mishnah is just giving you basic instructions, but ultimately, again, the specific order is mentioned later on. Okay? So the Gemara says, Gufa. So we'll say, now let's go back. So if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says, Abai Amr, hide the parents. So, okay, we have to, it's good. So we'll say, that's the Machalukas, Abai and Rapapa, in, in the actual interpretation of the, of the steers of the Mishnahis. So we'll say, we are still left with, we are still left with, the machlokis between between the between the rabbanon and ultimately again abashol about how to go ahead and how to go ahead and understand the order of the the order of the arrangement of the menorah. So we'll say let's go with what everybody agrees with. What does everybody agree with? The afternoon. That's the beautiful part. Everyone agrees that first Kitoras was done, and then Menorah. So the afternoon is not a subject of Machlokas, and that's because everyone is agreeing that the Menorah is the final thing that you ended the Avoda of the day with. Good. The Machlokas is only the Gabe, the morning. What was done in the morning? Hatava and, and Kitoras. Abishal will say, first Hatava, arrange the Menorah, all seven, and then you do the Kitoras. The Rabbanon ultimately, again, going for this 5-2 split. First to range five, then do the Kitoras, and then do the remaining two afterwards. The resolution of that Machlokas and Merit Hashem will see in tomorrow's daf. Gufa. So the Gemara says as follows. Well, see, now we're, we're kind of stepping back for a little bit, for just a moment, for, from Abishal and the Rabbanon, and going back to focus on another interesting facet of sacrificial service that we brought up in yesterday's daf. So Gufa, well, see, this was the price from yesterday. Bolo, so we'll say this was talking about the, ap- the blood applications on the Mizbeach. Bolo, the Karen, Mizrachis, Tsiphonis. 
when the Kohen Gadol came, when the Kohen came to the northeast corner, no sin Mizrachis He would sprinkle blood on the northeast corner. Ma'aravis Duromis, then he'd go to the southeast corner, or southwest corner, excuse me. No sin Ma'aravis Duromis. He would go ahead and sprinkle blood on the southwest corner. But Tani Allah, let's remember again, this was the beginning of Ahmed Bey's yesterday. And again, about this, Rabbi Shimon Ish Hamitzvah, Mishana, Bitamid. He would go ahead and he changed the order of blood applications by the carbon tamen. And what did he say? If the coin came to the northeast corner, so what happens? No same Mizrachis Siphonis. He would apply the blood on the northeast corner. Ma'arabis to Romis. When he came to the southwest corner, the boss said, here's what Rab Shimon Isha Mitzvah changed. Right? Rabbi, remember again, according to the previous opinion, when the coin came to the southwest corner, he would sprinkle on the southwest corner. I will say this is what is called about a, a, a one application that's two. What is one application that's two? You'll simultaneously again essentially sprinkle on two corners. So you're, you're, so you're getting essentially two sprinklings in one. Rav Shimon argues on this. He agrees in the northeast corner that you go ahead and you sprinkle on the northeast corner. When it comes to the southwest corner, he has a different idea as to how you sprinkle. He says, what happens? So it's is southwest, no sin Ma'arava. First, you do the blood application on the western corner. no sin Droma. Then you go ahead and you do it on the southern corner. My time. So we'll say, what's the reason for this? My time with Reb Shimon, Isha Mitzvah. I'm Reb Yochanan, Mishum Chad Debe Reb Yanai Amakra, Vusir Izim Echad Lechatas Lashem, Al Olas Hatomid Yaseviniska. So, we'll say, interesting enough, by the Kriya by Barash Chodesh. So, the Torah says, you will offer up a Seir Izim, right? One Seir, one goat, for a Chatas Lashem, Al Olas Hatomid. So, we'll say, so this is a reference ultimately again to the carbon Tomid that's being offered up. But yet, interestingly enough, the Torah says that the carbon tamid, remember, the tamid was an ola, which means it was fully, fully burnt on the Mizbeach. Yet the Torah also calls it a chatos. So what's going on over here, right? There's, there seems to be a little bit of carbonic identity ambiguity here. Is it a chatos or is it an ola? So the Torah says, so the Gemara Darshans, this is incredible. So Allah's time, you seven, let's go. Ola he, it's an ola. Because remember again, this carbon tamid is offered up as an ola. But the Torah says, treat it like a chatos. So it's going to be an ola that's treated like a chatos. Take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, it's actually right across in Rashi. So we'll say, so the Torah is telling me something fascinating. We'll say, this is incredible. The Torah is telling me that on Rosh Chodesh, I want you to take the tamid, the tamid, and I want you to treat it like a chata. So again, just so we understand our carbonic classifications. A, a carbon tamid is an ola, fully consumed on the mizbeach. Now generally, a chatas is what? A chatas is not fully consumed on the mizbeach. A chatas is partially consumed on the mizbeach, and then the other part is consumed by the kohanim. Somehow when it comes to the tamid being offered up on Rosh Chodesh, the Torah says, I want you to offer it up as an ola, but also treat it like a chatos. Again, finish that Rashi. Maise chatos al olas atamid vachatos tuuna pisuk matonos. Sheradama nitana arba kronos. So let's listen to this. Now, a chatos has blood application on all four corners of the Mizbeach. 
Af olas hatamid yesh ba pisuk matanos lo shebitlu menamaisa olas shari olahi elashnei anogim. I will say this is incredibly amazing, incredibly amazing. So the Torah, when it comes to the tamid on Rosh Chodesh, says it's an ola, but I want you to treat it like a chatas. Wherein lies the distinction between an ola and a chatas? So besides the fact that a chatas is consumed part of it by the kohanim. The other dramatic difference is in its blood applications. We're going to see the chatas has the blood application on all four corners. The, the ola does not. So now watch the Gemara. Ketzad. So we'll say, how do you go ahead and treat the tamid, which is an ola, like a chatas? Ha ketzad. No sin acha shishtayim kemaisa ola. You're going to do one blood application, which is two. That's in the cards that we'll say. What does it mean? That's what I mentioned to you before. What does it mean when we say one blood application, which is two? That's when the Torah says the Kohen goes to the northeast corner and he sprinkles. See, he's doing one sprinkling, but it's going on the northeast corner. When you do one sprinkling on the northeast corner, how many corners are you getting in that sprinkling? Two. So the idea is that, but yet it's one act of hazaz, one act of sprinkling. So that's what we call achaz shehishtayim, one that's two. So when it comes to an ola, one that's two is good enough, right? You got, we got in the northeast corner, we got in the southwest corner, and we're good to go. We're done. We're done. So the Gemara says, however, no se achaz shehishtayim kemaisa ola, shtayim shehishtayim kemaisa chatos. But you're going to have to do two that are two. What are two that are two? Literally, again, two acts of sprinkling, like a chatos. But we'll say first wide line. I So why don't you go ahead and do two that are four, like an ola? And four that are four, like a chatos. If, if you're telling me that you essentially have to treat the ola like a chatos, so just do all the sprinklings necessary for an ola. And then subsequently, all the sprinklings necessary for a chatos. Just do, just do, right? First do two which are, or one which are two. That'll satisfy, again, northeast corner, southwest corner. That'll take care of your ola. And then do four independent applications for the chatos. To which the Gemara says, No, because we don't find a situation like this. So I'll say where you do two two repetitive acts of sprinkling for two different forms of atonement. I was about to say, to go ahead and do two, two, <laughs> two ones which are two, if that made sense, right? Two sprinklings, one on the northeast corner, one on the southwest corner, that's your Ola. And then afterwards, do four more blood applications, individual blood applications on each of the corners for the Chatas. That's repetitive acts of, of, of atonement sprinklings. We don't find that. To which the Gemara says, really? Yeah, and do we ever find a carbonic sprinkling where half of the sprinklings are done like a chatos and half of them are done like an ola? Or is this whole case is an anomaly? To which the Gemara says, Rather, again, I will say, just like we never see carbonically, hazo, sprinkling, which are split. Some are done like an ola, some are done like a chatos. But again, here you have a unique situation. Because the Torah is telling you to treat your Ola like a chatos. So to be again, once we know that this is a little bit of a carbonic anomaly, and the Torah is telling me that I have to treat the chatos like an Ola, maybe I should just first do the sprinklings of an Ola, which are, which are again, southeast, I'm sorry, northeast, southwest, and then afterwards do four more blood applications of a chatos. Hasam pisuk matanos ba'amahi. 
The Rebbe said, the Torah is just telling me I just need a separation of the matanos. Look at Rashi. Pisuk matanos ba'amahi. Ho'ilu shteim be'keren achas. In kan ho'chachas ma'isechatos. So Rebbe said, since, see, the easy way to take care of this is, since everything is happening again at the same corner, a slight deviation of separating out the hazos is not going to be so recognizable. Okay? So apparently, what we want to try to do over here is satisfy all of the carbonic criteria without making it too obvious that we are actually performing two different sets of blood services. So why not go ahead and do one sprinkling, which is two, below, on the lower part of the Mizbeach, like in Ola, and two sprinklings, which are two, which means two independent sprinklings, above on the Mizbeach, like a Chatos, to which the Gemara says, in other words, that's a different way to differentiate. Now, not just the corners, but actually on the part of the Mizbeach where you sprinkle. We never find blood applications where some of them take place on a higher part, some of them take place on a lower part. So the Gemara says, Velo, is that true? So we're also going back to the Avoda of Yom Kippur. If you take a look at the second Y line in Rashi, Kazai, let's supposed to listen to this. We're going to see when the coin Gadol goes ahead and sprinkles the blood of the par. This is one of the Karbanos of Yom Kippur. And he sprinkles it opposite the lid of the Aron. So the way the Torah phrases it is, Achos lamala v'sheva lamato. Right? He does one sprinkling above, which sounds like on a higher part, and seven sprinklings below. So that indicates that, that you do, even within one act of sprinkling, we will do sometimes some on a higher part of, in this case it's the Aron, but a higher part of the Mizbeach, lower part of the Mizbeach, to which Nimar says, no, 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 Kimatzlif. They both say when the Kohen Gadol does that sprinkling, he does it kimatzlif. My kimatzlif, what does it mean kimatzlif? Machi Rabbi Yehuda kiminagda, like what administering lashes. So they both say everyone knows when you administer lashes, how do you administer lashes? Right, you whip a person, but you don't whip in the same spot. This right, as Rashi points out, when basically when administer lashes, you wouldn't whip someone say, because again, that just exacerbates the pain. Instead, you give a lash, and then the next one is a little bit lower, the next one is a little bit lower. And so, so that's what it means. The Kohen Gadol didn't literally have in mind to go ahead and to go ahead and daf could do some above and some below, but just the nature of the sprinkling was that each one was done kind of like, for, at first he started with a little bit of a, of a stronger stroke, right, which ultimately again put the blood a little bit higher, and then everything went subsequently a little bit lower. So the Gemara says, He would go ahead and sprinkle al Taro Shamizbeach seven times. Mr. Gemara says, What's Taro? So my love, Apalge de Mizbeach. Shabbos say, Does this not refer to the fact that he was Dafka sprinkling at the, at the midway point of the Mizbeach? To which the Gemara says, Kida Amri Inshi, Tia Tar Tiara. But say, Interesting enough, when people want to describe, apparently, it used to be when people wanted to describe midday, they would call, they would call midday. Tihar Tara, the day has become pure, which meant midday. Hupal Gadioma, this refers to midday. Amrabashila Lo, that refers to when we say Tara Mizbeach, Amadez, Agufe de Mizbeach. 
Rather, it means Yavosei on the top of the Mizbeach himself. That the Yavosei, again, the Yemarja is trying to understand, is there such a concept of doing within one blood application, doing some on a higher part, doing some on a lower part. To which the Yemarja says, no, 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 when we speak about Atir HaMizbeach, it means on the top of the altar itself. And again, because the Pasuk says that Yavosei, a reference to Har Sinai, that ultimately, again, referring to the clarity of the heavens that they saw by Maimed Har Sinai, so too, again, it means the clarity of the Mizbech, the top of the Mizbech, which is easily seen. Fine. So therefore, we're back to what I mentioned before. So therefore, we'll say, when it comes again, we're, we're very, we're focused over here. We're speaking about the, the carbon Tamid on Rosh Chodesh, where the Torah tells me that the carbon Tamid, which is, again, what type of carbon? What type of carbon? An Ola also has to be offered up as a Chatos. How in the world do you offer up a carbon Ola as a Chatos? Oh, so the Gemara says, I'll tell you how. It's all in the blood application. So what are we going to do? We'll say, first we're going to go ahead and we're going to do, right, we're going to go to the southeast corner. Keep saying this. Northeast corner and then southwest corner. What Rav Shimon Isha Mitzvah kind of added is that here's what we're going to do. You're going to go to the northeast corner. You're going to do your sprinkling there. One sprinkling on the northeast corner. Therefore, get north and east at once. When it comes to the southwest corner, what Rav Shimon Isha Mitzvah says is what are you going to do? You're going to break them up. You're going to do one sprinkling on the south, one sprinkling on the west. Why? Because this way, this way, you're treating it like the blood application of what? Of a chatos. Because as opposed to an ola, which is good, which has two sprinklings, northeast, southwest, you get all four corners like that, you're good to go. The, the chatas would require blood, blood sprinkling on all four corners. So essentially what you're going to do is you're going to combine the blood avodos. You're going to do the northeast corner like an ola, and you're going to do the southwest corner like a chatas, doing a separate sprinkling on the south and on the west. Good. So the Gemara says... So the Gemara says as follows. So why is it, say that you first do the blood application of an Ola, and then only afterwards the Chathos, right? First we're going to do the blood application of an Ola, we're going to do the northeast corner, right? Two corners in one. And then only afterwards do we do the blood application of the Chathos, the south and then the west. Why? The Gemara says, Why not do the blood application first of the Chathos, and then do the Ola afterwards? No, 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 because it was at the end of the day, this is the carbon tumid. And because it's the carbon tumid, therefore what? Therefore it makes sense that the blood service of an ola, which is, which is the essence of the tumid, be done before the chatos. Umayishna, the yoav mizrachis tsefonis, umayaravis duromis, nesiv duromis mizrachis, vahadar tsefonis ma'aravis. And furthermore, says the Gemara, why is it that you first go ahead and, give, and, and do the blood application on the northeast corner and then ultimately the southwest corner? Why not go ahead and do the southeast corner and then afterwards the northwest corner? Omri, Ola, Tuna, Yisod, Vikaren. Because we'll say, interestingly enough, this is actually another fascinating idea. The Ola requires an additional blood application on the Yisod and on the Karen. So we'll say the Yisod was a base, like a ledge that ran by the base of the Mizbeach and also requires a, also requires blood application on a corner. So watch this. So I'm sorry, Tuni Yisod. 
the Karen Derome, so we'll say so again, that you sold was again the ledge that ran by the base of the Mizbeach. The Karen Deromis Mizrachis, and interestingly enough, the southwest corner, the southwest area of the Mizbeach, Lo Havis Le Yisod, did not have that ledge. So we'll say this ledge, did, this bottom ledge, did not run, is ledge the right word? You know, not, not a ledge by the top, but a ledge by the base. The ledge did not go all the way around the Mizbeach. Rather, again, so therefore the southwest corner did not have the ledge. The northeast corner did have a ledge. That's why, again, when the Quran would begin with the blood applications for the Ola, he would begin in the northeast corner because that would allow him to apply the blood both on the Karen, on the horn, on the top, and also by the Yisod. Why is it that the blood application of say first happens in the southwest corner? And then, I'm sorry, Sorry. Why is it that it happens first by the northeast corner? Why not first go to the southwest corner, then to the northeast corner? So we'll say ultimately again, because Mar said, we learned that we'll say in general in life, when you, when you go ahead and you have to turn somewhere, you always go to the right and to the east first. So remember again, this is in general, we see this in, in many areas of halacha, that the right, the right always has dominance, right? The right always has an importance in halacha. The yomin, the right, I'm, I'm a lefty, I keep raising my left hand, right? The right, the right ultimately again has a chashibos, has an importance, and therefore again, when faced with a directional challenge, challenge, we tend to go ahead and turn right. Same idea with the east. East, right? Mizrach always has a dominance as well. So therefore, again, when choosing which direction to start with, we'll start with the right, we'll start with the east. Furthermore, how do you know that the Torah is telling you that the, this carbon, which is an ola, we would like you to treat it like a chatos, Maybe the Torah is telling you, this is really a chatos and you should treat it like an ola. Lo al olas hatomid The Torah says explicitly that this is the olas hatomid. Really, the essence of this carbon is atomid. It's an ola, olas hatomid. And therefore, again, halacha said this carbon, which is an olas tamid, you should still treat it like a chatos, i.e., with the blood applications. So the Gemara says, Gemara saying, rather go ahead and take this carbon, which is in its essence an Ola, and apply to it some of the details regarding a chatos. Incredible. So we'll say, let's so now the, we'll just spend one minute on this next piece. So we'll say that, that, that ends that ends this particular discussion. So we'll say, remember, the only reason we got into this is because Rab Shimon Ishamitzbah was brought up, was brought up yesterday. When, when, when contrasting our Mishnah with the Mishnah in Meseches Tamid about the order of Menorah and Ketores. All the Gemara just did over here is said this interesting Shem speaking to us regarding the carbon Tamid on Rosh Chodesh, which was unique in that although it's an Ola, it was treated like a Chatos. How was it treated like a Chatos? Essentially, you had the blood applications of Chatos and Ola combined together, both like a unique carbon. No, no other, I don't think, any other carbon situation like this exists where you have emerging of blood avodos. 
both the blood avoda of an ola as well as the blood avoda of a chata. So turn awesome. But you know, I will say we'll stop over here. We'll pick up. We'll say incredible, incredible gemara tomorrow. We're going to get into the chambers, actual chambers of the Beis Hamikdash, trying to figure out where everything was and what everything was used for. Shkayach, I will say. Thank you.